podcast. I'm Lane Lejean. And as you can tell, our scenery has changed a little bit from uh, in, the, in the studio to here. And that's because Tyler and James are not able to join me today. And unfortunately, due to scheduling issues. So if you hear a few birds or something, uh, it's, it's kind of calming, actually. So uh, today's topic is, is is actually very difficult to discuss. Uh, it's uh, if you if you saw the title, you would know it's it's rebuilding morals, and that's not a, a very easy thing to start. And I'm not I'm not really I'm not going to sit here, guys, and, and think and say that I have all the answers to it and I know exactly what we're how to do it. I, I don't, I don't, I don't believe I have that. I do believe though that I have a start. I have a beginning. I have a way that we can begin to rebuild our morals again. And it's, it's crucial to understand what morals are. Morals are, are principles in our lives that we've set to discern and decide what is good and what is bad. What is uh, righteous, unrighteous, you know, what, what, what the difference between those two and what is acceptable and what is not. And we find ourselves in a peculiar place in history where there are no morals. There's no, there's no morals. This is the first time, one of the first, the few times that we don't have any morals in our history as a world. And that, that stimulates from our acceptance culture that we have uh, included in our daily lives and our daily living. Morals, there are good morals and there are bad morals. Usually when you hear of something going on a moral decline, that doesn't mean that they're losing morals. That means that their their morals are changing from good to bad. And uh, good and bad morals are, are uh, I don't, they can change. They're not, they're not forever good. They're not forever bad. So, and that they change with your perspective. Through your life, you're gonna, your perspective is going to continually change and grow. So as what you thought was good at one time could turn into bad at another, uh, you can uh, you can take an example of bad morals would be probably Germany after after World War One. Uh, you can tell the nation it just feels cheated and, and, and law and like losers. They feel like they've completely uh, they've lost everything. They, they have no value anymore to their country and to their lives as people. They they just their morals were bad and they and they, they have bitterness and shame and just and it's it's uh, it's horrible. So that that is an example of bad morals. And then when, what happens when you have bad morals is you're gonna find a leader who is has those same bad morals. And is taking them to the extreme already. Okay, that was Adolf Hitler from Germany. He was someone who felt the same thing, and just and he knew how to take it because he knew what the morals were. So he understood how he could structure his plan in Germany. Adolf Hitler was a very people don't know this, but he was a very ordered person. He was very orderly in his life. And he was very obsessed with order and uh, disease. He, he, his his um, 
inside. The way he combated, the way he felt to combat disease was order, extreme order. He was a very extreme order person. Every time he lived his life, he was, I mean, he had a phobia of everything, I believe, and, and he, was, he was a clean freak, literally. So he, he was, his personality was order, 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 order. So he took and he understood the principle, he understood principles and he understood values and morals and what they were, and he used that in his life to help uh, uh, guide him as all people did at that time. Well, his morals were not, they weren't, they were horrible. I mean, they were terrible morals. And they, they could have been good at one time, but they changed that. So, but one, one thing that I want to point out that historians tell us is that uh, the only thing in his life that he wasn't a control freak on was his, was his speeches. They say he would usually go into, when he was addressing a, a, a group of people, he would go with one topic, usually, up, usually having to do with the Nazi party or himself or Germany as a nation or how they, uh, he would pick a topic basically that had to do with where he was at the time. So he would do that and one of the ways, it's funny because they say he would start just uh, saying, he would just, just kind of ramble and, and based on the crowd's reaction, he would take what they reacted to the most and build off that idea. So that's, he was very passionate in his speeches, very passionate as a person. So when he would, when he would take the reaction of the people, he would use that and continually shape and build off of how he felt about what they reacted to. So he was building and shaping morals for people in his speeches and, and when he was addressing the nation. He would passionately and persuasively shape the morals and define the morals of Germany. And it got to the point where Germany realized bitterness is immoral for us. You know, uh, pride is immoral for us. Uh, guilt, not guilt, I'm sorry. Uh, what's the word? Uh, feeling cheated, feeling like losers, worthless. Those He was shaping those morals in Germany and defining those morals, bringing clarity to those so that they could find a people to blame. That ended up being the Jews. So bad morals are changed and shaped through and defined through your perspective. Our morals should be truth. Because truth cannot be changed. I'm sorry for the bug. I'm sorry, guys. But truth cannot be changed by perspective. Truth cannot be shaped or defined by perspective. Truth, the more perspective you give to truth, the better truth is understood. When you take a good moral and you change the perspective, it can change into a bad moral. Same thing with a bad moral. You change the perspective thing. Change to a good moral. So, but you take truth and you set truth up as a moral in your life. That truth, the more perspective you have to that truth, will give you better understanding of that moral and why it's there. When I think of, of, of people without morals, I think of uh, 
the Jews when they came out of Egypt a wandering people a wandering people that's very key a wandering people they were caught in between Egypt bad morals and slavery they were caught in between Egypt and the promised land and they were and they were in between the two and they were in a place where there's no good morals there's no bad morals they're just following God and they're in this place in this time where they're just wandering and they're not structured. They're just going wherever God is leading them. They're not. They're not organized as a people. They're not. They, they have no true. Uh, they're just following God and Moses. And that that and that organization doesn't come until the tabernacle plan and uh, the instructions from God. So and when when Mount, when uh, Moses would go to the mountain and come down with instructions, that's how they would. They're structured. They would structure their lives based on the instructions given to Moses. So, but I'm talking about the time when they're first, when they're coming out of the Red Sea, kind of coming out of time. There's no instructions really from God. They're just trying to follow God. They're just trying to follow Moses, and they're wondering. We find ourselves as a, as a people, as as people living for God, a wondering people right now because we don't have morals. We're wondering. We're just trying to follow God as best as we can. We're taking instruction from our leaders. But we don't have any organization or structure ourselves. Egypt, when they when the people were in Egypt, they they were just wondering with their minds. Wondering what it would be like to, to leave slavery, to leave this tyranny in Egypt, to leave Pharaoh. But now as they're in the wilderness and after they cross the Red Sea, they're they're wondering not just with their mind, but with their eyes and with their feet and with their hands, and they're 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 uh, comparing the great uh, decisions and the huge commitments that they've made to to leave Egypt, and they're comparing it to where they're at right now, and they're comparing the two, and one seems to be outweighing the other, and as they're comparing. The big decisions, the blood on the doorpost, the leaving Pharaoh crossing, crossing the Red Sea. I mean, these are huge decisions they were making, and they were comparing. And as they're comparing, they're becoming reminiscent on Egypt. They're becoming, they're 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 looking back at Egypt, and they're almost romanticizing what Egypt was for them. As as many times when we as people, when we as humans look back on our past, and we see see it as a we romanticize the past and we see there was structure there there was organization in Egypt there was uh, a mean there was a reliability in Egypt so as they're looking back they're noticing the re the reliability that they're missing now that they had in Egypt and if and the problem there's and the problem with that is they is they're as they're looking back at Egypt they're looking at it as not as what it was per se what the what it was as slavery what it was as bondage and what it was as killing the their children and the pain of Egypt they're not seeing that anymore they're seeing the structure the organization the reliability they could get food that uh, you read in Exodus how they begin to complain to Moses about the, the many foods that they had in Egypt. Well, as they're looking back and looking for that structure, they're looking in their past. They're looking in their past for where the structure was. They're looking for 
they're looking at the past for their answer. Not looking to God. They were looking to their past for their answer. Their structure. And, and they're wondering and they're comparing. So and in this comparison, they notice that Moses is going up to the mountain again. Uh, and they, they, be, they continue to reminisce on Egypt at this time. And they, need, they know they need structure. So they go to Aaron and they say, Aaron, make us a calf. We need, we need structure. They, they looked back at Egypt and they, and they related the gods of Egypt to the structure that they had in Egypt. They looked at their past and saw the gods of their past. And they related that to the organization in their life of their, and uh, they related the gods of the past to the structure of the past. So they take these and they say, Aaron, we need the structure back. We need, the people need to be organized again. Build us a calf. Make us a golden calf. We will give you our earrings. We will give you whatever it takes. Just Moses is not coming back. He's forsaken us. We need something to follow. We need something to structure our lives. And that's why the people wanted the calf. It wasn't because they said, hey, let's just, uh, for fun, rebel against God. No, that's not what they were thinking at the time. They were thinking, we need structure. We need this reliability that we need the stability that we had in Egypt in our past. We need that back. So how do we do that? Well, we need to build a God that is, that re, that is like the gods of Egypt. We need to find, we need to build something that can give us that structure again. So they, and their comparison between what they were, their past, and where they are now. A lot of times we don't see the value of where we are now. We all, we can only see through a warped perspective the value of the past, and that's and uh, shame on us for that. Honestly, I mean, that comes up. I mean, that's just a true just laziness of not finding the value in today. So they gave him. So they gave, I'm sorry, they gave to have that back. They gave to have that structure, that reliability, that stability back in their lives. And this creates the, one, the first, <coughs> excuse me, this creates the first requirement to building morals, giving of yourself. Giving of yourself is the first is the first step to building morals. You have to give of yourself. So the people took their earrings off. They took their jewelry. They took their gold and they they gave it to Aaron. And Aaron built a golden calf for them to worship. And then the second moral. I'm sorry, the second step to, to building morals. First is to give. Second is a reason. Your morals should be the reason why something is good or bad. You see something. Your, 
should be what the deciding factor is for you for that change in your life. Again, I just want to pause and say, forgive me for all the sounds, uh, uh, but I don't know about you guys, I, I kind of like it out here. It's kind of, the sounds are actually kind of calming a little bit. But you know, that's if that's disturbing you. I'm, I'm truly sorry for the, all the extra noise and sounds. Getting back, the two two requirements to begin building morals is give of yourself and a reason. To have principles, you must give of yourself, and you need a reason to have morals. There needs to be a why. I don't. I tr one of my things in my life is I don't want to go and do something just to do it. I want to have a reason for everything I do, everything I read, every step I take. And I want that in my life. I want there to be a reason so that I can explain that to other people and I can teach that to other people. The, going back to the example, the people they gave of their earrings, that was the giving part, giving of themselves. And their golden calf was the reason. That's why they wanted that's why they gave up their earrings was to have the golden calf. But the problem, there's no real true, there's no issue to them wanting structure. There's no issue to them wanting organization. In fact, God sees that and is at the same time as they're worshiping this golden calf. is literally giving Moses the commandments and the tabernacle plan. And he's giving them, he's giving Moses the instructions for the people. And he's giving them at, at the same time as they're trying to come up with it themselves. That's the problem. There's no issue with them craving the morals and wanting that structure. The issue is, is they had to make up a reason. They had to build a reason themselves. They had to, the calf, they had to, re, they had to make this calf themselves. It was made up. It was a lie. So their reason was truly a lie. These morals were truly just a lie almost. They had to make it up themselves. It was not based in truth. It was not truth. It could have been good. It could have been bad. It doesn't matter. It wasn't truth. So this is why. And, and then Moses, if God is seeing this, and he's literally giving Moses the instructions for the tabernacle. I want to shift into the tabernacle. Um. The tabernacle was God's give was God giving the people their morals, giving them their principles, their structure, their stability, their reliability, their way of life, how they could decide what is good and bad. And that's what God was giving. That's what the tabernacle represents. The tabernacle is so amazing in how detailed it is and how it can be applied to anything in the Bible. And so the tabernacle again displays those two same steps to building morals it cost them they had to give they had to give of their jewelry their their gold they had to give their silver their red i believe it says in their purple they had to give of themselves their lambs their for the food for the sacrifice they had to give of themselves and god was the reason for it. god was the reason and and as we know god is truth god is truth let God be true and every man a liar. God is truth. The ground and the the, uh, the tabernacle is so significant because of the symbolism of them 
of the, of it, the symbolism of it, I'm sorry, and the details of it, the Bible continually references the ground as being us as humanity. In our Soul Winner series, we referenced this in our last episode of Reach, we referenced the parables Jesus gave and how he would compare the ground to people and to us. So in the, you can take that same symbolism. The, the ground was us. And it's very, it's very peculiar because as I was studying the tabernacle plan, I realized God did not give Moses instructions for a floor, for a foundation. God wanted wherever the people went that they could take they, there could be a place for God to dwell wherever they were. Now, he didn't want the house of God. He didn't want the house, where he could dwell to be a place the Jews just visited. No, he wanted it to be a place that they took with them. And the ground, taking that same symbolism we were talking about earlier, the ground being us. You take the ground and you see how the stakes were driven into the ground. So that is a representation of of truth being driven into us and being becoming a part of us wherever we are and God is saying in this symbolism that it doesn't matter what kind of ground it is I, my presence can dwell there I can be a I can be in that place too I'm not limited to one type of ground I can be present in any type of ground my house can be built anywhere And the actual the tent itself, the structure itself, that represents the truth. The stakes uh, is part of the truth. The, the pillars is part of the truth. The veil is part of the truth. That It provides, and so the, the truth, if you take that, that symbolism, the truth being the structure of it, the structure itself is truth. The structure represents morals. The structure itself organize the ground into at least three parts the outer courts the holy place and the holy of holies so it provided structure that's how you know that's how you can find that symbolism of it being a moral the, the truth being the morals it separated the ground and and i Oh, I believe the whole reason to have morals in the beginning is, is uh, because it's truth, is love. If you study out the coverings that were put on top of the, the tabernacle, there, there's many different uh, coverings, and each covering has its own meaning. And each of those coverings, as they have their own meaning, uh, but they all define and they're all rooted in love. They're all rooted in love, the meaning of love. So the only connection that we have to love is through truth. You need to understand that the only, the only connection that we have to being covered by God's love is if it's held up in truth. The only way the ground has any connection to the covering is through the truth, is through the structure itself. Through morals we can have love. And as I as I finish up this episode, I want to the 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 reason and the revelation 
I believe God has given to me for us to uh, to start rebuilding our morals is to um, well I'll just go into it as uh, soon as this this start this revelation came to me as I was having a discussion with a friend of mine and this person was talking about how they they did something they did something bad and but the problem was what they had a problem with was with is because um, he didn't feel convicted while he was doing it. He was feel, he only felt conviction when he was caught. So when you have so and I and, and as God has given me this revelation while we were talking and discussing, God showed me there's two options when this happens. Conviction is a sign of morals. When you're only convicted because you were caught, you have two options. Both kind of have a, uh, a little bit of a, a, a foundation of hope. Option one, which is the option we always take, because we always know to take, is to hope that you're pardoned or, or that the consequence doesn't come or that, that you're shown mercy and you can just keep living the way you are and there's no consequence you get off easy you just continue in your life the way you were that's option one the option we mostly take as people but option two god revealed to me option two and that is to choose the consequence choose the consequence when you're choosing the consequence you're choosing the change consequence represents uh, a Consequence represents correction in your life. So when you choose the consequence, you're choosing the correction in your life, the correction, and you're choosing that change, and you're realizing, hey, I know I did wrong. I know that it's not right for what I've done. I, I need to change. There needs to be something in me that just changes because I, I, I can't be just convicted. I can't just feel bad because I was caught. I need to. I know that there needs to be a change, so I need to choose the consequence. Choose the correction. And that that choosing the correction, you're instead of them having to take away from you something, you're willingly giving it up. Let's say that one more time. You're willingly giving. This is how Jesus did they did not the Romans did not take Jesus to be crucified. He gave of his life to be crucified. So when you're choosing the consequence and you're choosing the correction, you're choosing for your flesh to be persecuted. You're choosing for it to undergo consequence so that you can change as a person. And that when you when you choose correction, you choose choose the consequence, you're giving and subjecting yourself to it. And the reason is to change. The reason is to be transformed. And you can only be trans and, and transformed. And that transform transformation comes from God because you're because as you continually rebuild your morals as you start rebuilding your morals if your reason is for God your reason is God himself your structure will be truth your covering will be love the calf did not offer any of those things with the with, uh, that the tabernacle offered it didn't offer the, the organization it just was there we can't make up reasons to have so that we can gain morals. That's not how it works.
now we understand that hey, we're starting from ground zero. We're starting from ground zero. There's only one way to go from there, and that's up. So as we start rebuilding our morals, let's make sure that they're that they're true. That they're not just good or bad, but they're true. Amen. Well, thank you guys for listening, and I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Again, I'm I'm sorry for the uh, the lack of Tyler and James, and I'm sorry for all the extra sounds that you heard today. But but if you're still listening, thank you for listening and staying with me. And I hope this helps you in some form or fashion.